Welcome to the All 70s Podcast. Stan Fields and Trevor Montgomery here to answer your questions from the perspective of a couple of church members who are just having conversations about spiritual matters where the Bible gets to define truth in our minds and perspectives get to conform to that truth. You can send your question in, ask at all7days.com, 864-660-9473, or join the All 7Days Hangout on Facebook. Listen on all your favorite podcasting apps and subscribe, please. Get mugs and t-shirts and other, maybe some other things on there, I don't know, uh, at all7days.com slash shop. You can support the podcast on a monthly basis, anchor.fm slash all7days. Thanks for listening today. Hey, Trevor, how are you today? I'm fantastic. You look good. You look thank you. You look like uh, well, we were talking about your your gray stripe in your beard a little earlier. That's uh, it's got a little wiggle in it. It's uh, it's but uh, but it's you know it's very distinguishing. You look good. You look good. Thank you. I I do comb it and brush it and I take care of it. It's you like put a little, little put a little oil in it, kind of deal. I do put oil and kind of like a balm in it to try to keep it from just growing out. Mm. Instead of the the fro beard, it kind of keeps it keeps everything in in alignment. I get you. Yeah, I'm not a fan of just hair going everywhere. Well, and you don't you want you don't alignment. want uh, woodland creatures making nests in it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there's no creatures. Nobody in it. likes this flying squirrel jumping out of the beard, you know, especially no. at dinner. So uh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Speaking of woodland creatures. Um, so I'm the kind of neighbor who gets up at 7 a.m. to wake up the neighborhood with his lawnmower. And uh, I was out early this morning cutting the grass. And I was just about done. And I had made a pass uh, on the side next to the driveway. And all of a sudden I felt a pop on my knee. And then I felt a pop on my rear end. And then I felt a pop on my stomach. And then I started feeling pops around my ankles. And I realized something's not right <laughs> and i look down and there are these little yellow jackets all over me so now i have a yellow jacket nest in my front yard and i'm trying to ter- determine oh, how do those feel oh man they're still hurting and it's but, it's uh it's been like three or four hours and there's still this like dull ache on every one of them but yeah, yeah. Even, one got me on the left butt cheek <laughs> I don't know how he got me back there, but he's like, this looks like a great place to get him. And so he got me. So I have a funny story. I, um, me and a friend of mine, we go hunting every year and he has property. So we went out one year to kind of scout an area to put a tree stand up. Yeah. And so we're walking kind of up a little hill and he goes off to the side. And so I'm just standing there and I take a step. And I realized that the ground kind of gives way and I didn't think anything of it. And then like you, I felt a little pop on my ankle and I looked down and my whole shoe is yellow. Oh. And I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> not good at all. And then they just start stinging the mess out of my leg. I yeah. take off running down the hill. Yeah. And my friend, he turns and looks at me and he said, it's like one of those cartoons he said, I see you running, and then I see, like, a swarm of yellow jackets yeah. chasing. Yeah, because they, when they sting you, they put pheromones on you, so they know where you are. They track you. The other bees who don't know anything is going on, all of a sudden they hit, the, they smell that, and they're like, oh, enemy. And they all come after you. And that's yeah. the way it was with me. You know, once, once one or two had gotten me, I ran up onto the porch, and they're like, you know, several following me. It's not a big nest. 
uh, obviously at this point, but yeah, they, they do, they mark you, they can smell you and they will follow you. It's crazy. And it hurts like crazy. I got stung about 13, 14 times. Yeah. I didn't get that many. It was, you know, six, six, maybe at the most, but I had one that went up my shirt and stung me right up underneath my armpit. I had one that at, uh, I'd had the initial episode, I uh, got away from them, whatever. They stopped stinging me, and I went and got the weed eater and was in the backyard, and one had burrowed up into my shoe and then stung me on top of the foot. <laughs> I was like, it was like 10 minutes later. I was like, ow, what is that? And uh, so, anyway, mean little critter. But he paid, he paid the ultimate price for that sting. I took him out. Yeah. So, anyway. So, uh I don't uh, I don't know how beekeepers do it. But you know, I guess honeybees are like docile. They don't they don't bother you right. too much. Those but... things are mean. Yeah. So the I, yellow jackets I had crazy. one in the backyard a nest that got me two weeks in a row. And so I found out the, I found the hole that they were in. So I took gasoline and poured it in the hole. Yeah. I was supposed to suffocate them, but I said that wasn't enough. You lit it on fire, didn't you? I, then I lit it on fire. <laughs> See, I had I had one of those. It was like a hornet's nest in there when we lived here before, and I did the same thing. And it was fascinating to watch. So the ones in the hole, obviously they don't come out of the hole, but the ones who are already out of the hole and they come back, they can't really see the flame burning, right? right. And they'll like approach it and kind of feel heat. And they'll back off for a second, and then they're like, okay, I'm going in. And as they go in, their wings disappear. (laughs) 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 It's awesome. So, all you little kids out there, find you a hornet's nest and set it on fire. Great fun for you. Be careful with gasoline. Yeah. Yeah, don't get it on you. (laughs) Not at all. Uh, We should probably disclaimer this. Don't play with fire. <laughs> Don't play with gasoline. No. Don't play with hornets. No. It's not safe. All right, kids, you've been warned. You've been warned. <laughs> We're not responsible for any medical bills at this point. Send your send your letters in to drfauci.com. All right. <laughs> Dr. Fauci. <laughs> All right. We have a great, great question today we should get into. But first, we're going to take a quick break. This is the All 7 Days Podcast. Welcome back to the All 7 Days Podcast. Stan and Trevor here taking questions. Uh, and we've got an awesome question here from Stephen. And it's it's a, it's phrased in a funny way. Um, but it causes you to think for just a little bit. So here's the question. If Jesus missed a free throw, does that make him imperfect? So... I first got this question, and I think I talked about this a little bit on last week's podcast, that when you read this question, you're like, what? This doesn't make sense. Because, as we both know, basketball had not been invented yet, so Jesus did not play basketball. Um, so, But if he had played basketball, and if he had missed a free throw, would that make him imperfect? So this, what, this raises the question. I mean, you had some great questions you added to this. <laughs> you want to ask your questions trevor when i read this i thought it was a joke but then it, like you said you have to think a little bit but yeah, yeah. Um, i had numerous questions but i just put a, a few of them 
um, because I used to play basketball. Yes. So I, I imagined what Jesus would look like out there playing basketball. Would he have sandals on? Would he have <laughs> like a robe? Would he be sponsored by Nike? I, mean, um, <laughs> I just picture a guy with long hair and a big beard playing basketball. Um, <laughs> so my first question would, would be, would anybody be able to guard Jesus? <laughs> I mean, how fast is he? Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, and I don't know the answer to that question. But this, <laughs> but I think that question gets to the crux of how we think about Jesus as a person, right? But anyway, I I love your other two. I'm gonna let you get to those other two questions first, and then we'll then we'll go back to question one, and and maybe that'll segue us into how we're gonna look at this question tonight. The second one is uh, what. What number jersey does Jesus wear? So I had I thought about that one a good bit, and it's one of two numbers, right? Well, it could be one of three numbers. It could be number one. Right. Right. Or it could be number two because he's the second person of the Trinity. So right. the Father would be number one, he'd be number two, and the Spirit would be number three. Or it would be infinity. <laughs> yeah, I can picture that. I don't know what symbol the referee would use. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesus wouldn't foul anybody, would he? Would he? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, that's that, and a, that's where we're going to look at it from. Okay, and you're it'd and be you're, a hard foul, and then he'd gracefully lay him <laughs> down on the ground. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. All right, and your your last question, I thought this uh, is really good. This one, uh, I want to know who the guy is that fouled Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> What was he thinking? Oh, man. Uh, well, the the theological answer to that question is we all have. Yes. <laughs> all have fouled and come short of the glory of God. <laughs> so if you foul Jesus, does that mean you go to hell? Uh, it means you deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> This would be the, you've heard of the ESV version of the Bible. This would be the NBA version of the Bible. NBA version. All have fouled and come short of the glory of God. Um, so, yeah, those are great questions. And it all those questions raise the bigger question of how we think about Jesus as a man, right? Uh, Bradley likes to say all the time that Jesus um, was fully human, but he was fully God, and we can't, in our minds, we have a really hard time decoupling those two things. And we think that Jesus, while he was on the earth, floated six inches off the ground and glowed, right? Right. And did everything perfectly. But he's been walking us through the book of Luke recently, and I think it's been really great to shed light on the humanity of Jesus. Uh, Jesus did not live from his divinity while he was on earth. He lived from his humanity he lit i mean what good would it do right for jesus to come to earth and rely completely on him being god to live the perfect life how in the world would that set an example for us at all mm -hmm. it wouldn't right because he did something that we can't do but when jesus became a man he lived exactly as we could, would, should, right, as a man. 
relying completely on the Spirit to live his life, right? So this is why this, these kind of questions kind of throw us for a loop. So when we think about when Jesus was born, how, you know, what kind of process did he, had to, did he have to go through to learn how to walk? Mm-hmm. We, you know, I think we have it in our head that when Jesus tried to take his first step, he did so perfectly and he never fell down, right? right. He never skinned his knee. He was a carpenter's son, right? And I'm sure he learned to be a carpenter from his dad because that's just the way they did things back then. Did he, you know, I don't, did they use hammers? I don't know how they put stuff together back then, but I'm sure there were some mallets involved. Did he ever hit his finger? You know, um, when Jesus was learning to talk, did he, did he have to learn? He had to learn how to form words with his mouth. He had to learn you know, the proper, I think Jesus spoke Aramaic, and he had to learn how to speak that language. He had to learn things. He didn't come out of the womb just knowing all the scriptures. He had to read them. He had to learn how to read. He had to learn what they said, and he had to memorize all that stuff, right? And it it wasn't there when he popped out of the womb, right? He right. had to, from his humanity, learn all of this stuff. I think we have this idea in our head that yes, he was flesh and blood, but somehow like we watch these movies of people that are like superheroes, like a fly and stop on a dime. And mm-hmm. I think we get this, this picture of like him just being perfect in every way. Yeah. Like he knew how to do everything. Um, he never made a mistake ever. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if that's, true or not no i don't i don't think it is i think when jesus was learning to walk i think he fell i think he had you know that the he had to learn balance and here's 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 the other here's the other thing okay so uh just going through luke as we have been doing at res uh if you just look at luke chapter 2 verse 40 it says and the child grew and became strong right he had to grow in his strength, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Okay, this was, this was as you know, right after his birth, he returns to Nazareth, and that's that's going on. He's he's growing physically, right? And then it says in verse fifty-two. This is after uh, he's a little bit older now. the The family has taken a, a trip. Uh, back to um, back to um, Jerusalem uh, for worship, and this is the story of when they they leave. They're going back home, and they've traveled a little while, and they realize Jesus is not with them, right? And they have to go back to Jerusalem and look for him, and they find him in the temple, right? So uh mary kind of scolds him a little bit why have you done this we've been looking for you for three days and jesus does the famous line did you not know i had to be about my father's business and then he comes back with them and it says in verse 52 and jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with god and man okay jesus is god how can he increase in wisdom? It's because he's living from his humanity, 
not his divinity. He's learning. He's growing in his knowledge of what's right and what's wrong. He's, he had to learn obedience, the Bible says. And that doesn't mean that he sinned, but he recognized what was right and what was wrong, and he grew in that. He had to learn that, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so he's also growing physically there as well, right? Then we see in chapter 3, it actually goes through a genealogy. Well, why do they do that? Well, they, they want to trace back the line to David because he's supposed to be one of one of David's descendants, and he is. But it shows that he's just, he's just coming from a normal family, right? And he's living from that. And then in chapter 4, Jesus, uh, after he's baptized, it says he's full of the Spirit, and he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days where he fasts and prays. So 40 days, no food, and then what happens after that? He's tempted by Satan, right? And how does he handle every temptation from Satan? Does he call down angels from above to whack Satan in the head or knock him out of the way or just to shut him up or any of this kind of stuff? No. No. He quotes scripture. Where did he get it from? Where did he get it from? He had to learn it. Right. And in his reliance on the spirit to live his life, that's where we are being filled with the spirit. Right. We when we know the words of God, then we know how to how to handle temptations when they come our way. Right. And these temptations don't stop when Satan leaves Um he returns to his hometown right after this and he gets rejected by the people who are there. And if you look at the temptations that Satan throws at him, it's so interesting. The first one is um, he had just been baptized and he hears, he hears this voice right from heaven that says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then he gets tempted by Satan and, um, the Satan says, if you are the son of God, right, he's, he's immediately, the temptation is, if you're really who God says you are, he's questioning his identity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus says, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone. But then if you, if you look, uh, he does two more temptations, and then Satan leaves him for a more opportune time. Right, it's that's what it says that Satan's going to look for another time to tempt him. The, I th- I find it interesting that the very next story, Jesus begins his ministry in Nazareth, where he's from, right, and it says um, that he goes into the temple. They hand him a scroll to read, and he reads this scripture. Um, from Isaiah and it says the spirit of the Lord was upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor he rolls up the scroll gives it back to the attendant sits down eyes of everyone in the synagogue are on him and he began to say to them today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing Okay, he says, I'm the guy who's going to do this stuff that I just read to you. 
this is being fulfilled, okay? Now, what was the first temptation Satan threw at Jesus? If you are the Son of God, right? <laughs> Check out what the people of Nazareth say. Is this not Joseph's son? Is that, right. that's so similar, right? It's still questioning his identity. If, it, you know, we know who this guy is. He's not the Messiah. We know his father, right? right. If you are God's son, it's, and it just feels like this is just a continuation of the temptations that right. come. But of course he knows he's, he knows their heart, but he's, but again, he's living from his humanity depending on the spirit to handle all these temptations as they come his way and everything he does in his entire life here on the planet was done from relying on the holy spirit which he was engulfed with and this is nothing that we as humans can't do as well but we don't <laughs> but we don't no. so and this all leads me to uh, to Romans 8, verse 11, um, that says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So that's just, that's just confirming to me exactly what, what we think is capable, what we're capable of, if we live from the Spirit, it's the same Spirit that Jesus lived from, the same Spirit that raised him from the dead. There's a lot of power there. If you can, if you can take a dead person and bring him back to life, there's a lot of power there. And we have that same power living in us. We just need to live from it and not run from it like we also like we often do. Oh yeah. So, um, so would it anybody be able to guard Jesus in basketball? Probably. Probably. I don't. You yeah. know, there's a there's a genetic. I think there's a genetic disposition to athleticism. Right. We've all seen people who just have zero coordination. Right. <laughs> We've seen it. But that's a genetic thing. It's not a personality flaw. Right. Right. So, if Jesus missed a free throw, would that make him imperfect? No. It would just make him non-athletic. And if he missed the free throw, he missed it sinlessly. Right? Right. And I think we, as humans, probably, we take the word perfect and we, we put it over his entire life, meaning that he didn't make any mistakes, no stumbles, no falls, yeah. no trip-ups. Yeah. When at, when what I'm getting is he lived a perfect life, meaning he committed no sin. Exactly. Exactly. So people need to understand yeah. it. Just just because he's he lived a perfect life, it's not meaning he made zero mistakes. Yeah. And the other thing that Bradley likes to pull out too is when did Jesus know who he was? Right. If you're living completely from your humanity. That means you can't come out of the womb knowing I'm the son of God and I will do all this stuff. You know, he had he had to learn all this, right? And we know for sure that he uh, he heard 
God say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased at his baptism. He was 30 years old at that point. Right. What did he know and when did he know it is always a great, it's, it's a great thing to get us thinking. I don't know if we can know all the answers to that. We certainly know he had an inkling when he was a little boy left in the temple when he said, did you not know I had to be about my father's business? Mm-hmm. There's something going on there that he's learning. We don't know that he had all the answers at that point yet, but he's certainly getting an idea at that point. Do they have document like in the scriptures? I'm sure God spoke to them through different ways and means. Well, there's nothing other than the time when he's baptized, when he, when God says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Um, so that was, that was the one time that I can think of. And the other, the other time I can think of when God spoke was, um, when, but it was later on in Jesus's ministry and it's getting close to the end of it. Jesus goes up on a mountain. I think Peter and John are, are with him and, it's they call it the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus is transformed into uh, more of, I guess you could see, I, I really I really can't describe it very well, but he's he's transformed so that his clothes are blind, blindingly white. He's like glowing, but Elijah, I think it's Elijah and Moses are there, representing the law and the prophets, and they're talking about his soon departure, right, and. Peter's blown away. He says, Lord, this is great that we're here. We should build three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And again, God speaks from the heavens and said, this is my son. Listen to him. And then when they, they're all scared to death, and when they look back up, Jesus is back to normal, and Moses and Elijah are gone, and they come back down the mountain, and Jesus says, don't tell anybody about this until, until later. And, uh, so those are the two times I can think of that the audible voice of God is recorded in scripture as saying, this is who this guy is. Right. So, you know, when I'm he, sure at when some he, point he was told like, Hey, this is who you are. We just don't have documentation of it. Well, it could be, it could be, but I do know that everything God wants us to know about it is recorded in the Bible. Right. So, um, you know, we're, we, we, we know that he lived from his, his humanity. He did not rely on his divinity while he was on earth and, um, that he had to grow and learn and all of that stuff in order to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins when he went to the cross. So that's a, it's a great way to ask a it's it's a whimsical way to ask a very thoughtful question. Uh, yes. So Stephen, that's a really great way to great way to put it. So it was fun fun digging into that one a little bit. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else, Trevor? Any other questions you want? What uh, the poor guy who fouled us who fouled Jesus? It was it was all of us, I think. And uh, any others you want to throw at us before we run off? Not off the top of my head, but I'll have more. I'm sure, I'm sure you will. <laughs> is, uh, right, here's a question. Is yeah. uh, Jesus a player coach or is he just the player? <laughs> I think uh, I think he was a player and now he's a coach. 
<laughs> he retired. <laughs> well, you know, when he gave up his when he when he gave up his life, um, at, after the after he was raised from the dead, he he started he started coaching. <laughs> uh. So now I have a mental picture of a guy with a big beard, long hair, with a suit and tie. <laughs> Oh man, uh, this is this is we're losing it now. <laughs> I don't know if there's any any theology at all in that one, but uh, but it's fun to think about. Yeah, we better wrap it up. Well, thanks everyone for listening today. We really appreciate it. Get your questions and comments in. Ask at all seven days dot com eight six four six six zero nine four seven three. Let us know about the podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes and support us all seven days dot com slash shop anchor dot fm slash all seven days. Even a dollar a month helps. Uh, and what else? This is the All 7 Days Podcast, where the goal is to make you think so highly of God that you forget about yourself. Now go give someone what you value most today. Mm-hmm.